So, we might have to reverse roles again tonight because it seems like you have much more of a detailed agenda than I do. I do, but I've got a low-hanging fruit one for you, and that would be Alexa skill. So, did you want to kind of explain what the Alexa skill is? So, our new one? Is that what you're talking about? Our new one? We have more than one? Well, I mean, the show Alexa skill. Is that what you're referencing? Yes, that one. So, um, we launched this today, uh, thanks to Kevin for putting it together. And Bob. Uh, I just, well, I was just the guy who said, hey, can we do this? (laughs) And you made the first audio clip. And Kevin is the guy who makes it happen, though. So, apparently, uh, you can make custom, well, not apparently, through our extensive research, we figured out that you can do um, Alexa flash briefing skills. Damn it, I said her name. Um. And uh, so we put one together and we created a special, I guess you'd call it a secondary podcast, really, in the grand scheme of things. And it's the Bob and Kevin Show Flash Briefing. And so you can go to the Amazon Marketplace and you can download that Flash Briefing skill. And in the morning, you can say, hey, lady, what's new? And uh, you'll get some tech headlines, some commentary, and a little bit of a teaser from our latest episode uh, damn near every day of the week. We're not going to do it every day of the week, but we're going to try to update it as much as possible. So we're going to ping back and forth. Bob will take a turn. Kevin will take a turn. And uh, we're just going to build out some more content that way. So it should be fun. Are you excited? I'm excited. So uh, kids are on spring break, by the way, so you might hear some random family noise in the background. Hashtag podcasting with the family nearby. So your kids are on spring break this week? Yes, they just started. My kids just got finished with spring break. So Josh and Lillian were actually on spring break at the same time, which is rare, but we didn't do a damn thing. So are you staycationing it for spring break or are you uh, guys jetting off somewhere? I We are staycationing this year. I have one in Mexico at the moment. Um, but uh, The oldest? The eldest. He is in Mex- yeah, New York City like a week ago. Mexico the next week. What did I do wrong? Definitely (laughs) living his best life. (laughs) I know, right? Um, So, yeah. So, question for you, Bob. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie The Fountain? uh, No, and you referenced this the other day. No, I don't know if I've ever even heard of this movie. uh, It's got Michael Keaton, and he plays Ray Kroc for McDonald's. And he basically swoops in and, um, you know, takes over McDonald's from this, you know, drive in, you know, walk up to the window uh, burger joint and turns it into what we know of today. But one of the interesting things in the movie, and this is kind of what Ray Kroc was known for, he said he had this realization. He said, you know what, McDonald's brothers? You guys aren't in the burger business. And of course, they look at, you know, Ray Kroc, this, you know, idea of what are you talking about? Do you know what business McDonald's really is in, Bob? Ooh. Nope, but I know this is a trap, so go ahead and tell it me. It is a trap, but this is Ray Kroc's <laughs> trap. They are in the real estate business because they own so much real estate that really the burgers are more secondary than anything. So are there are there parallels between Mr. Croc and the McDonald's brothers and 
Mr. Zuckerberg and the Winklevoss twins? Mm, yes. Um, uh, well, at least I'll go. I don't know about the Winklevoss twins. I'm aware who they are, but it's more about Facebook. Facebook, let me ask you. Well, right, but the Winklevoss twins were the McDonald's brothers because allegedly they came up with the concept of Facebook with Mark. Okay, fair enough. So what business would you say Facebook is? Facebook is in the business of connecting people. Wow. Thank you for playing along at least (laughs) (laughs) into my trap. Um, Wrong, Bob. They are not in the connecting people business. They are in the advertising. But Kevin, Mark Zuckerberg and the rest of Facebook has told us that they're in the business of connecting people. Well, I think uh, there's a line that I'll mess up, but you know, a, a politician will usually piss on your leg and tell you it's raining, but that doesn't make it true. <laughs> so, um, Thank God it's just on my leg. I know, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a jellyfish, I swear. I was trying to help you. Yeah, sure you Yes. Um, so I would say, you know, Facebook is in the advertising business and everything else, everything is, circ- is just happenstance. The fact that there's a Facebook page, there's a profile, there's a timeline or it was a timeline, there's settings, there's no settings, there's profile, there's likes. It's all to support advertising, period, end statement, not to connect. Is it just advertising or is it even deeper than that? Is it? data to the highest bidder, which right now is advertising, but that right. could change. Right. right? What, what's the end game? You know, the only reason that you have a singularity of data concentrated in one point that turns into a black hole of data that you'll never, ever, ever be sure you'll ever get back out of Facebook. It's, it's all to support advertising. This, this whole idea that we're here to connect people. We want to do this full crap. <laughs> wow that that's good that's, for you and, and keeping the swearing out of the first 10 minutes nice job yeah um, thank you so i feel like we're kind of getting into the flow of the show and we haven't really decided on the rule set yet because am i gonna say the what are we doing today or if I, you say it i don't know how to fill in the blank i think you just said it well bob uh today <laughs> i think we're gonna cover uh, a few no, things. No, 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 that cut. Nope. We have to do it the right way. Oh. It, it's hard to go over the music if I'm just saying, hey, what are we doing today? All right, Bob. I want All you right. to do it. You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gusheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Kevin, what are we doing today? Well, hey, Bob, I'm glad you asked, because today we're going to talk about Mark Zuckerberg's op-ed in the Washington Post this week. A little bit of uh, Article 13. Not sure if you've heard of that. It's now no longer Article 13. It's now Article 17. Apparently, you grow extra numbers once you get passed in the EU think tank or wherever they pass these sorts of things. 
And if uh, we have some time here, we uh, might get into ethics councils with Google and other companies trying to figure out what the hell ethics and AI is, because you and I clearly have taken n number of episodes and I'm not sure we figured it out yet ourselves. And so without further ado, I'm Kevin and the other guy with me is... Oh, cool. I'm Bob. I don't know if I've ever gotten to answer that before. (laughs) I'm learning. I'm learning. So, all right. Um, Yeah. So I'm sure you'll do some fancy editing here and then uh, possibly even uh, drop the disclaimer right here. And then Uh, we haven't talked about work yet. So the disclaimer comes in. We talk about work. Oh, okay. Well, you've said it twice now. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So did All you? Right, so we're starting with Zuckerberg and his op-ed. Yeah, is that true? That is a true statement. Um, did you get a chance to so, read any of it? I I read the op-ed a little bit, and I read some reaction to the op-ed, and I was going to ask you to kind of paint some background for all of us because why did Mark? Feel like he had to do this in the first place. Well, like what prompted this? Well. Um, I've got the uh, Bob and Kevin show branded tinfoil hat on right now for uh, I'm trying to paint this picture because nobody can see uh, a podcast. So I imagine uh, it's a really nice one, too. It's it's designer. It's Gucci and um, custom <laughs> custom tinfoil hat. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Mr. Zuckerberg, um, he had a op ed and it was titled The Internet Needs New Rules. And let's start in these four areas. So just to kind of give backstory, I'm going to briefly name out the four things. The first one was harmful content, so rules around that. The second one is legislation around protecting election. The third one is effective privacy and data protection needs a global harmonized framework. And then finally, uh, the fourth one is regulation should guarantee the principle of data portability. So high level. Those but wait a minute. Shouldn't those be in their corporate mission and values in general, since he owns the corporation that kind of manages all this stuff already? Well, yeah. So let's, let's break down each one, if you don't mind. So the first one, Not a problem. First one was harmful content. And it's basically saying he wants help defining what harmful is. And I would posit to you, Bob, after doing enough of these podcasts, 30 some now, which is, but it's enough to start well, 33 wondering. podcasts plus probably equal, if not more um, video shows. So we're, we're getting up there in numbers. I would posit to you that it's damn near impossible. If not, it is impossible to define harmful content or, and to make everyone happy or a majority happy. I just don't think it's possible is, is his first, um, rule or position, even something that's solvable or is he, in my opinion, basically saying, you know what, we can't figure it out either. So let's push it to somebody else who can't solve it either, but we'll point the finger at lawmakers. What say you? No, it's, totally a cop-out because they don't want to put a stake in the ground because it could impact advertising stakeholders, everyone up and down the line. So they want to put it in the hands of lawmakers who will stumble around with it just like they did with pornography. And then basically he can throw his hands up and say, hey, this is what the lawmakers have decided. This is the way we're going to do it. Bob, what's the definition of obscene? What Nobody knows. I know it when I see it. 
Yeah. Is that what they kind of concluded with is I know it when I see it? Right. And I think we're in the same realm here. Well, that's harmful. I know it when I see it. Okay. Go ahead and teach your AI algorithms and machine learning, all this stuff. Side note, uh, I tweeted, I don't know, today or something. Isn't it funny how we can, sh- we can figure out copyrights and things like that, though, on Instagram, I can't get AI or machine learning to to automatically ban these accounts that say we sell followers when their profile picture says we sell followers. Yeah, right. you, you would think they could figure out this stuff. They can't figure that out, but they can uh, figure out a cat playing a piano through this AI and machine learning. You know, it's just what are we doing? Can they? Have they got that nailed? Well, you and I were showed some sort of presentation a few years back in Denmark. This, you know, the the code, you know, looking at images and it's a hamburger or it's a whatever. You know, you're telling me that something that has text that says we sell followers. You don't have some sort of basic OCR technology from the year 2000 that can't read this image and go, hey, right. guys, OCR, we- OCR should be the first layer because that used to be the way to get around text readable on the internet is just put it in an image. So yeah, OCR should be first layer of defense. So I think it comes down to want to. I mean, Instagram, they're kind of the good at turning the other uh, or turning their cheek or eye away from the fact that people steal their people's images because let's face it, if you couldn't steal other people's images and post it easily to Instagram, what would Instagram be? Well, it would be a bunch of people's photos. But there's a ton of memes out there. I mean, I don't know what hashtags you follow, if any. But there's tons and tons and tons and tons of echoey rehashing memes. And you would think that Instagram would crack down on some of these things. But I just don't think they want to. Well, a couple things. Let's not forget, A, Instagram equals equals Facebook because Facebook owns them. And then B... Do people who create memes, do they care about ownership of said memes? I guess it's true, though, because a couple of channels that I follow will watermark the memes that they make. So, God, such a crazy world. <laughs> okay, so that's the that back to Zuckerberg. That was his first. I don't know if there was a question there or just me ranting. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's, that's our show in a nutshell right there. So... Um, going back to the first uh, thing that he wanted to address, which is harmful content, I think it's a, it's a cop out. And then if we go 100%. to the second, we go to the second one. Legislation is important for protecting elections. And I would say, well, guess what? You've already screwed that one up pretty good a few times, and it's just not America. You know, it's it's Brexit, it's uh, smaller countries, it's the U.S. And he's appealing to lawmakers to give him rules to follow. But do we really want that? Mark Zuckerberg, do you want a government and and not only a government, a particular one, which is the U.S. government, to tell you what to do? And again, I think this is more copping out of, well, you know what? The problem in front of you is hard, Mark. Let's, let's agree that this is a tough problem. But you can't just say, well, guys, we've we've tried and I need I want somebody else to figure it out. Because, again, we're just going, well, you know what? We do what the government tells us. Businesses, you know, and then we we hand ring ourselves of any responsibility. If we just say, well, talk to your government and talk to your congressman. What do you think? What if, what if this is, 
I reference this all the time that we're, you know, we're, we're kind of living these prequels to these Black Mirror episodes. What if this is his step 3000 into getting the government to take over the entity that is Facebook and Facebook becomes a government controlled entity? Well, <laughs> let's go through that one. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Let me, thanks for the hand grenade. Um, <laughs> uh, first off, he's richer than rich, right? Right. And he so, doesn't need it. He doesn't need Facebook anymore. So at this point, a scorched earth strategy would not probably bother him, other than the fact that when you create something, you kind of have this personal attachment. So I, I honestly don't think that would be a thing. And then secondly, the government wouldn't be able to handle it. Have you been to a government website, like a federal government website, where the SSLs are usually out of date, expired, the but drop all downs? They would, <laughs> all they would have to have is administrative domain, legal domain over the property that is. And then they could stick their sticky little fat, ugly fingers into that data as well. And it's like this, you know, the, since we're wearing our custom tinfoil hats, Mm -hmm. This is the whole thing where it isn't a private entrepreneur and his board of directors that are owning this data anymore and their shareholders. It's the United States government. I don't. But what's the play for the government? I mean, well, the play for the government is the Facebook is bigger than the United States of America. So Mark Zuckerberg sends out this plea. Please, government, please help me control this giant monster that I've created. I need these four points of legislation. The government steps in and says, obviously, Mark, you can't handle this and convinces their stakeholders that Mark has to be relinquished of power mm. via like an Elon Musk. And the government steps in and says, this beast is too big to fail. We're going to have to take over here. Boy, I hope you're wrong and all fronts. No <laughs> offense. <laughs> um, no, if I don't want to be right either, because that is that's the scary coming of end times. That is our Black Mirror episode where the government controls the most popular social network on the planet. And we're all well, piped into it. We're in the matrix at that point. To try to get back to... Okay, so the second point was legislation is important for protecting ele elections. Um, I would say that's very vague and open-ended. So They'll I never would, figure that out. Yeah, they'll never figure that out. We can't even figure out how to release a investigation document in a reasonable amount of time. Anyway... Enough on that. Ooh. Kev Ooh. just went political. Dun, dun, dun. Did I just do that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Third, effective privacy and data protection needs globally uh, needs a globally harmonized framework. He suggests GDPR is a good idea, yet has ignored the rules as recent as the password logging fiasco we just came out of. Mark, are you? <laughs> yeah. Hello? Check out last week's episode where we, we fillet him on that one because... What did they do? They set their own 72-hour window because they sat on a leak. Yeah, what kind of Twilight Zone is that? So uh, to finish the thought there, he's calling for a common global framework, his words, not mine. But I give you, Mark, Exhibit A, which I call Brexit, as the reason that will never work. Um, the world doesn't really do well with getting along, especially with global rules. And would we have to ask the UN to set these internet rules? Do we want like this one world order and you know, giving up uh, control to the UN or whoever that is. And 
I think that's a scary proposition right there. What do you think? Well, take my prior statement a step further. Instead of giving up to the U.S. government, Facebook gives its IP and the ability to be Facebook to the U.N. That's even worse. That's a scarier proposition. So I took a U.S. cyber law class and part of my master's program. And one of the takeaways is, is states and the internet aren't compatible because the internet crosses state lines. So it really rises to interstate commerce is what the internet really is governed by. And then when you cross in an additional line on the map, you go international. And then when you do the international thing, it turns into Willy Wonka world, Alice in Wonderland, because you've got GDPR. Um, you've got the way the U.S. does things. You've got a authoritarian there we go authoritarian <laughs> governments like china um who are like you know what f you world we're gonna do whatever the hell we want and and well that's basically the world's biggest intranet though right yeah the great china firewall right the great firewall so yes but they they can get away with it because nobody's gonna stand up to them nobody's gonna say ah so of course google you know will capitulate here and there apple does the same thing because they have a lot of people. It's a huge market. But when you start going international with rules and things like that, which we're going to cover here later. Um, I was going to say, know, this is just, we could have segued over 27 times in the next topic. I know, already. right? <laughs> um, it, it just becomes this matrix or Venn diagram of impossibility where you need five-dimensional space to make everything work correctly you know so we're creating this impossible world so i digress for now i'll i'll stick a pin in that and then if we go to his last rule that he was suggesting regulation should guarantee the principle of data portability so he uses the example of sign in with facebook as being a way to be portable this is you know a way and i can understand oauth okay kind of get that but in a bit i also view that oppositely because it's also a way to do a vendor lock-in you know if, if the whole world's doing signing with facebook on every other website you're also you're portable yet you're not because now i gotta go to facebook to do my signing what right it's you? not port it's not data portability it's data ubiquity to bring back the phrase from last week i mean if you and we bring this example back time and time again on the android platform right now Facebook comes pre-installed on the device. Is that true? And you cannot yep. get rid of it. I so whether, get rid of it. whether you're using the OAuth platform, and we already know that there's data being collected and sent to Facebook about use of those Android devices without the user's permission or by some weird thing because Facebook is pre-installed, there's an agreement to the terms and conditions, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, this whole, every one of these four points, I don't like them at all. Like, he should have never come out with this because this just digs a hole deeper for so, him than he's already in. In in my tweet rage over the weekend, because <laughs> I think this came out over the weekend, I I came up with some rules from Mark and largely the internet shrugged and went meh to my tweets. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and repeat some of them here. So Mark Zuckerberg, because I know you listen to this podcast. Um, here's some rules that I think you should be more focused on rather than necessarily the ones you've offered, maybe in concert with some of those. So how about you stop making deals with um, 
Android uh, makers like Verizon, uh, where they can no longer take their app off their phone and it makes it impossible. So how about we uh, stop that bullshit? Um, Number two, how about you stop mining data via third party apps via your SDK? What do I mean by that? Oh, let's see, like MyFitnessPal or something like that has basically a back. uh, I don't want to call it backdoor, but a back path to Facebook, because whenever I put in what I eat and what I weigh and all this stuff, Hmm. Strangely, Facebook finds out about it and I'm not even a Facebook user. Huh? Strange. How about we stop doing that? Seems Um, like there's some low hanging fruit to clean his own house, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, Insert glass house stone parable or whatever it is here. So um, how about we prohibit companies from uh, other social medias um, acquiring other social media companies when it hurts competition? Hmm. Oh, does that sound familiar? Hmm. I don't know. Instagram, um, hmm. WhatsApp. Um, yeah. How about um, when you delete your own posts off of Facebook <laughs> that happened over the weekend and you tell us it's not worth the effort to restore? How about we just delete everybody's profile and decide it's not worth the effort to restore everybody's profile? And then, you know, we'll be, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Does that sound good, Bob? Yeah, but see, that's the scary thing. It already feels like state-run media at that point when you can, when the leader can do that and have no repercussions. So I, I think we've both read the book 1984, right? Uh, I think I watched the movie. Okay. So <laughs> Actually, spoiler- I think I'd read it in high school too, but a lot of brain cells have gone by the wayside since then. So it was written in the early 20th century. And uh, that just... Because 1984 seemed a long way away at in the early 90s correct and um one of the recurring themes is is when something happens and the government wants to change direction what they do is they rewrite history and so this very much seems like when zuckerberg's not once but at least twice lost all of his previous posts seems like we're rewriting history so we can sanitize any sort of future questioning or investigation we're rewriting history and i just think think it makes it it's definitely to make it more difficult to find where major path changes have occurred in that organization without a doubt. It's just way too coincidental. Hey, uh, I've got more rules, Bob. Um, oh, how do? about we don't store plain text passwords in your logs for seven years and then thumb your nose at GDPR and set your own clock. Just the filed thought. under filed under duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about we don't let third parties access Facebook user data? Now you, you know, paging Cambridge Analytica scandal. Anyone? Um, also, also addressing point number two of his "I need help" rules, or right? Yeah, is that so, number two or number three? It was one I, of the two of them. I think it's the first two. Are basically yeah. like, you know what? You guys just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Except, so if I he probably fixed won't. his if he fixed his own shit, he wouldn't need help from the government. At least two of those points so far. Well, I mean, deciding what's harmful, what's not, that's like the impossible question. I mean, it's so subjective. We will never, it's the unanswerable question. Right, so, but he, he was asking for a, a data a data maintenance, a global data maintenance directive. And then he was asking for, uh, what was the first one? Uh, the first uh, rule that he offered was yeah. harm, harm data or harmful content. The second one was election 
Oh, second one. Yeah. yeah. So number two. Yeah. So if he got rid of third party data like Cambridge Analytica and stuff like that, he'd almost already address that one on his own. Yeah. So Bob, have you used WhatsApp before? Only when traveling abroad with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I knew the answer to the question. I'm like a lawyer. I'm like, I've used it with Bob. I know the answer. All right. So um, Bob, do you know where you keep your encryption key for WhatsApp? Because it's in uh, an end-to-end encryption. So No, no, I, I think um, Facebook keeps that in escrow for me, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Huh. Why would they do that, Bob? Because <laughs> uh, I can't be bothered with keeping my own encryption key. And just in case they need to get in there. Yes. You know, just in case. So I've got a new rule. So how about we don't store end-to-end encryption keys in an escrow because that kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? But I think we also had an entire show on... The ethics of encryption, did yes. we not? I believe it was episode 30, if people want to go back and look at that one or listen to that one. Not look at, listen. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, though, because the encryption escrow and the backdoors, I believe if he got rid of that, he would have uh, another one of his bases covered because the government could come get those escrows. So, so I've got one more rule. And it's an easy one. Wow, you came up with a lot more than Mark did. (laughs) Shocker. Uh, And it's don't pretend we're dumb. I mean, I would imagine that most people don't care about what he's saying or take what he's saying as, yeah, sure, that sounds good. There's enough of us, I think, that's like totally calling BS on all of this. But there's not. But there's not. We are dumb. As a user base, I think you could totally paint us with a dumb brush. You're probably right. I'm part of the informed masses, yet I behave as someone painted with a dumb brush because I just can't be bothered. So you've seen Star Trek, I'm assuming, right? Various in couple couple hundred episodes, sure. Oh, only a couple hundred. Okay. So the the kind of idea is Humanity eventually evolves to this utopian slash utilitarian society where hunger is no longer a thing. There's no no real money within the human cultures. You know, that's within the, the other ones. I really think that this was written with that sort of guys. Let's, you know, we will find what right is and we will all band behind it. Kind of like a Star Trek, but. That's what makes Star Trek Star Trek, because really the whole show is about how humanity can't handle being human. And I think what Zuckerberg's positing here is that we're somehow evolving to this utilitarian utopia where we are all going to just be all on the same message and we all agree what harmful is and not harmful. And we're just all going to just love it. And I just don't think that's a possibility. So what are we doing? But the entity that binds that all together, and this is the scariest part, is the government. In what way? Which government? There's a lot of them. Well, no, there has to become a a Starfleet, a multi-planetary, like in Star Trek, it's a it's a Uh, multi-planetary government. In our case, it would be the one world government, which might be the UN in this case, if it's not the US and it's, you know, like or it becomes the EU. I mean, who knows? I mean everyone's trying to vie for that ultimate 
you know, the, to set those standards, to set the GDPR for everyone, to set the Article 13 slash 17 for everyone to, you know, so that's, that's what that predicates upon is, is a, a singular entity that governs all this stuff. So, so despite what I said earlier about how internet regulation is more federal based because it's interstate commerce, you, you're starting to see more and more states say, no, 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 you know, that's, that's some BS. Let's, let's do something to protect our residents. And one of those hot button topics is net neutrality, right? So in California, I think is one of the states that, or Washington state where they're saying, you know what? No, you know, FCC rolled back uh, net neutrality rules from the Obama administration. We're, and we're going to fight against it. And so it turns into this just legal Gantt chart or pick, pick a diagram that would fix. I don't know what fits anymore of what applies to me when, because we're, we're netizens in a way, we're not necessarily citizens on the internet. We're netizens. What rules apply to us? At what point does my government law apply to me? At what point does European laws apply to me? At what point does my state law apply to me? And who the hell is going to sort all this out, Bob? I don't, when it comes to the internet, I think there's actually 13 states that have uh, challenged the the shoot down of net neutrality. But when it comes to something that is global, like the internet, you're the state's definitely not going to. If that's the first place where you're tried, it might help. But if whoever's prosecuting that case wants to appeal it to a national level, then you're subject to the national law. So. so- one of the phrases I always hate when somebody says to me, especially the designers, and I love my designers, this is, you know, they know I, I feel this way. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. So, <laughs> Kevin, you think like an engineer. And they're right, because I'm thinking, oh, well, that requires a refactor. And so what I think I'm hearing from Zuckerberg is, is, oh, well, we need to, you know, we need to keep pushing this up to a higher level component because we need global rules. Well, when I hear global, I keep hearing a hierarchy, keep pushing up till we get a hierarchy where somebody decides what's harmful, not harmful. And I don't think the logic I'm going to agree with the designers. I don't think an engineer's mind solves this problem where we just say, ah, let's refactor it to that one governing body, this global framework that Zuckerberg wants. They will decide for us what right and wrong is. I'm pretty sure wars have been fought over less. No. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that he wants this. I think that this is a knee jerk reaction to the pressure he's feeling from recent um, current events and he's just trying to, to diffuse some heat honestly because Bob, unless he's willing to give it up I don't think he wants this I've got a current event for you Bob Article 13 yes, sir. <laughs> are you familiar with Article 13 uh, yeah actually it, and it's been around for quite a while because I remember you and I talking about kind of fearing this because it's got copyright stuff all entangled in it so it's probably what mid-year last year it's been 
kicking around yeah yeah so some of the watchdog groups have been saying hey this is coming y'all need to pay attention kind of like net neutrality and all that and of course nobody pays attention until like the day they vote and then people get angry and then people you know lose interest again um article 13 for the lay person is basically a copyright friendly or a let's go content producer friendly um thing in the european union and it essentially says that if you've got and there's there's a uh, chart here if you've got a platform that's been available for at least three years um you have uh or you have 10 million uh euros in revenue i guess it says annual turnover i don't even know what that means. uh or more than five unique monthly visit five million five oh my gosh five million <laughs> unique monthly visitors this would apply to you and essentially what it means is if somebody uploads content to your site you have to bounce it off of a copyright database and make sure that nobody's already claimed this content and that is such a pandora's box because i'm gonna i'm gonna go down i'm gonna trap you again bob you ready (laughs) always always ready for the traps what constitutes content that is probably copyrightable would an image fall under that bob yes how about a song? Most definitely. How about a video? Parts of it. A book? 100%. An article? Yes. A podcast? Parts of it. An API response? Ooh. I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> and this API response might have a JSON blob in it. And it might be one of the aforementioned pieces of content in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with parts format. of it then. <laughs> um, so you can obviously see the slippery slope there, and then we're content creators. Would you not agree with that? I would 100% agree that we are content creators. So if we're gonna have to, if this is for us, Article 13 is for content creators. We're going to have to register our content with these databases, right? So nobody infringes on us. Is it up to us to register the content or is it up to our hosting provider service that we utilize to distribute the content? Well, well, maybe they offer a courtesy. But if there's a fee, because, you know, what what government regulated thing doesn't have some sort of handling fee? Who's going to pay that, Bob? I'm not going to pay any fee to register our content with the government. All right. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, well, I mean, you, you could already do that with the U.S. government with your trademark or your copyright. You can actually register those formally. But we also have here automatic registration. If you can prove that you've used it or you created it, you're the original author. But let's not get in the weeds there. I got more. Um, if my content is not listed... And I'm not in this database. Does that mean I, n- I can't claim it? Do I have to be in it? I mean, a lot of these things aren't in there. And then if I'm an authoritarian government like China, do they even give a shit about these laws? Uh, I'm going to guarantee that China does not give a shit. Um, the secondary aspect, like that already happens in the everyday world where if somebody bites your content, it's up to the producer of that content to prove that they originally owned it so what does this database do 
Is well, it supposed it, to shortcut the process? I believe it flips the script because think about a patent. When you own a patent, you have to actively defend it. Where right. it, this would be if you uploaded content, we would automatically check the patent database to make sure a patent didn't already cover this. So yeah, we would but, prohibit you right away. But let's think about like just the content of this episode. So how they would evaluate this episode is they would filter it and they would they would be identifying keywords, phrases. We've talked about Facebook several times. We've talked about um, the way that Facebook would potentially regulate itself. We've talked about uh, Zuckerberg asking, well, we've mentioned the kid's name, first of all, and we've mentioned his, you know, his op-ed where he put content about what he was would be hoping for for laws. I figured that this would get flagged all over the place because it would have reference to quote-unquote content that Facebook and Zuckerberg have probably already registered in the database. So that is a great observation, Bob. Here in America, because of our laws, we can actually do newsworthy things and do parodies or you know things like that with fair use. But in the European Union, fair use is not universally applied in the member states of the EU. So in the UK, I think I was reading that, you know, the rules are different there, where it's not automatically allowed if it's a parody, where here in America, we can basically say, oh, it's a parody. And, you know, and we could, we could be challenged, but it's, it's a thing. But in the EU, it's not so much. Well, but I so, checked our listener map, and I think we have a couple listeners at least that fall in the EU. How would that work for us? Um, actually, I'm going to have to ask any EU um, listeners to go ahead and disconnect because this show is no longer available in your country. <laughs> Dude, right. article, article 13 slash 17, we've been yeah. discontinued. And by the way, we are using the honor system here. So if you're listening now, I won't tell. Okay. So Article 13, as you brought up, is now called Article 17. I don't know if we covered that, but it's, you know, it changes. But yeah, so it's a super slippery slope. It's designed to help content creators. But if you think of it from Facebook and the, the big company's perspective, they now become on the defensive, right? Because now they have to, they become liable, I believe, for knowingly harboring content id but can you imagine how to fingerprint every piece of content that's created just just today how much how many pieces of content was created just today bob that's well, what's what's the timetable on this master database because they can they could enact this as law but so, how are they going to monitor that so this passed and they have two years each of the member states of the eu have two years to and this is what got me they have two years to come up their own local laws that reflect it. So there's, there's no guarantee there's any consistency. Apparently France is all about this and Germany's like, I don't know if this is a good idea, guys. Of course, and France so, is all about this. God. And so uh, that <laughs> takes me back to, you know, nobody can, nobody can agree because everyone wants to be in control of their own people. And I don't blame them. You, you're a freaking country. Look at what's happening in Brexit. You have a whole bunch of people who want out of the EU because they want to take control of their own destiny and you have the other half like you know it's not so bad and here's what we have to lose and we somehow think the internet is going to all agree on what's harmful content no not gonna happen but, and now go ahead but why does the government get to step in here why is this not the responsibility of the platform where this stuff is being distributed 
Why well, is it okay. not Instagram's responsibility, Facebook's responsibility, YouTube's responsibility? Why did this become a government issue? Well, Going Bob, back to Mark. <laughs> through the power vested in me, I have made you the emperor of the new world order. And you now get to decide what happens with the internet. And what would you decide? What, what would you have happen once you ascend the throne here? Well, my thing would be Facebook, if you can't do it. YouTube, if you can't do it. Twitter, if you can't do it. Sorry, you have to dissolve. And you let can't do what? You Define it. You can't do your service. If you, can't, if you can't adhere to these copyright laws that we're enacting, then you have to dissolve and let competition figure this out. Like Facebook, you don't exist anymore. Or we will fine you for every instance until you're out of business because you can't afford to pay the fines. So am I hearing that you're in favor of the Article 13 or 17 or whatever it is? What I'm in favor of is I'm in favor of each of the individual platforms to take responsibility for these types of copyright issues, not for the law to step in and say that it's them to govern. Okay. So the laws are already there. The copyright laws are already in existence. Except, you can't except steal they're somebody asymmetric. else's stuff. What? Except they're, they're asymmetric. So the German copyright law is not equal to the American copyright law. So when you have YouTube as a platform that hosts an American content video, it falls under one set of laws. And if somebody uploads through their German YouTube account a German piece of content, then, you know, and that country says, no, you're not allowed to do that. Who's right, Bob? Mm, all right. You might have me there because... I don't know how you monitor and enforce that because still German people could watch copyrighted content that was produced outside of the German common law area. Right. So to take it back, so Zuckerberg's proposing a new world order, basically council to say there'll be a, a bunch of people wearing water buffalo hats in, in a smoky room deciding what is harmful, what what's copyright and whatnot. And the EU is going, no, 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 we're going to decide for all the EU citizens that this is the way it's going to be. And so we got to get back into the, well, GDPR, that's a European Union thing. And how does that relate to America? Because that's not our laws. And so we're in this spaghetti mess of logic. And I'm, I'm just curious like if, if I can bestow upon you the right to do anything, how do we solve the solution, Bob? Can't we just operate under the <laughs> rules that don't be a dick? I mean, that seems to be, if everyone could universally abide by that, we wouldn't have any of this trouble. I want to hazard my guess on how to solve this, and hazard is the only word I can come up with because it's a terrible Please, idea. Because I got nothing. I would, I would unfortunately have to go with if 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 YouTube is violating German law and Germany says, you know what, we don't want this to happen in our country, then Germany needs to ban YouTube or find a way to ban that piece of content, just like China. It's it's the China model. China's like, no, this is it's our way or the highway, and here are the rules if you want to play in our country. And unfortunately, I don't want to give China credit here, but I. <laughs> It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I can understand. And, and if the European Union wants to say, you know what, this is our copyright law is great. The only wrinkly part for me is 
because we're all United Nations members, that means the EU could sue YouTube because we're, YouTube's violating European law, yada, yada, yada. So what I would have to say is I don't know how to stop or does YouTube just stop out of the goodness of their own heart and say, yep, Germany asked us to not have this content and we just pull it. You know, then we then we get into the Facebook arguments of is, ah, the government told you to pull this video and this that's that's oppressing this right. group over then here. It's, then it's state it's state media at that point. So there's there we go. I think we've um done another Bob and Show or Bob and Show. Oh my god. Bob <laughs> <It's late>. and Show. <laughs> Bob and Show. Bob <laughs> and Kevin Show. Um normal thing which is not solve any problems whatsoever but um there's one more topic that you brought say, up i don't think article 13 can be solved i think that's just a hornet's nest so let's let's move on what was the last <laughs> one um apparently google has an ethics team for their ai and it's falling oh, apart yeah so so google I don't know. I mean, they're a giant entity. They're probably a nation unto themselves, but they've been getting into some sticky situations with the monetization of their technology. And they want to go into this AI cloud realm and they, they got bought. Their services got bought by some military technology and their employees jump in when I screw this up, Kevin employees, (laughs) Employees kind of had an uprising and were like, nope, we're not doing that. So in response to that and a couple of other things, they appointed an outside um, board of directors for ethics, basically. And so they seated this board of directors with a handful, I, I believe it's only 12 members or something like that. But in that small board of directors for just related to ethics and AI, there's all kinds of infighting because... There's entities that are on the board that don't want the board to be diverse as Google necessarily wants it to be because it could work against the wishes of the people who didn't want to be involved with the government AI and all kinds of other, I mean, it goes into other levels too, but so they've basically got board of directors, members of the board of directors shitting on each other publicly on Facebook. And one of the things that I saw is one of them posted that they had more dirt on one of the other members than one of the conservative members already in question. So it's like, what a shit show. It's a board of directors for ethics and the people on the board of directors don't even have any ethics. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. So we have a group of people who who are fighting and somehow they're going to come up with a way to come up with algorithms that are ethical. And based on the two previous conversations we just had are basically unsolvable problems yet People are being convened to solve the unsolvable problems. Okay, just keep yeah. track how do you t- How do you tell an AI not to shit on another AI in a public forum when you can't even restrain from doing that yourself? I saw a headline before we went on here that said if you put stickers on the road in a certain way that the Uber autopilot will actually change, get in the wrong lane and hit a car in the wrong direction. It'll, yeah, so... The Uber autopilot or the Tesla autopilot? I think it was Uber. Oh, my gosh. Are uh, Ubers, I didn't know Ubers had autopilot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they're the one that, that accidentally killed somebody last year or whatever it was. It was the Uber. Because Uber's in that business, too. 
I forgot that they have a cross doing driverless shit. So my prediction is we were supposed to have flying cars by now. And now everyone's on this fad train of AI and machine learning. And I I really do think it's bad. And I I just think you're wrong. (laughs) Why am I wrong, Bob? Because it's going to be the doom of us all. We're, oh, <laughs> machines machines will be making choices for us with well within our lifetimes well well so if i were to be asked i'm gonna ask myself a question <laughs> kevin what do you think is the practical use of ai and machine learning and i think it's just to replace menial tasks that humans don't want to do so we need to lower the bar and go, you know what? Can we build a Roomba? Oh, wait, we've done that. Sweep the damn floor automatically for me. That's AI. Yeah, That's but machine we, learning. We keep redefining what menial tasks are, and they keep climbing the food chain. That's Driving we, a car is not menial. There's a lot of people that think it's definitely part of the daily grind that's very menial. So they want well, the robot to take that over for them. It's boring, and it's a fact of life, but let's... At the most end of the people, day, st- most people will define that as menial. I'm telling you, it's when you you're not stopping me, this train. <laughs> when you can prove to me that your decision logic module works exactly like a human, I'm all in. But that will uh, never happen. I, I can tell you, whatever level of technology we're at right now, it makes better decisions than some humans. Uh, I would disagree. I would say it makes more consistent decisions Uh, i I, I don't feel like i'm taking a big leap by saying it makes better decisions than a lot of humans right now Uh oh because there's a Uh, lot of people who make really shitty choices yeah but see this comes like down to politics and what you see on social media every day one person's good choice is another person's bad choice and it's the same choice it's all through the lens of your life experience is it not and your politics You, you have young drivers correct i do and do you help your young driver pay his auto insurance? Do not. Oh, well, you should investigate how much that under 25-year-old male driver pays in auto insurance. And then I come do back. know how much. All right. And he pays far more than you do, correct? Um, we, we actually pay the same amount, but I get way more value because one's full coverage and one is not. Right, right, right. So if you had identical coverage, his would be astronomical versus what you pay. Because why? Because statistically young drivers young male drivers actually the female drivers i think are lockstep now they used to not be but uh make far worse choices when driving automobiles than people over 25 hence they pay less (laughs) and we have tons of actuaries that determine that (laughs) the reason i'm i'm giggling here is i'm like hmm yeah you're right a teenager might text and drive or something like that but think about an autopilot system it's not just text and driving. It's downloading the internet while it's driving and reading it. So there you go. It is, but we have a small data set. But I bet you if you run those two data sets side by side, the computer drivers, way better than the sub-25 drivers. I'm not sure if we can ever empirically test this and get a result. We'll have but, enough um, data in a few years. We will definitely have enough data in a few years. But... Kevin's the get off my lawn guy with AI and machine learning. And I think we need to keep it the stupid menial task. Did you see the video um, where the robots that look like birds now? So we went from dogs to birds. Right. Where they are unloading the pallets and putting it on the conveyor belt. First of all, they look really freaky. Uh, but second, that's the kind of stuff I think is worthwhile. 
just you know move some shit because move some heavy shit that's that's a great task for a robot yes and you've also seen the same black mirror episode that i saw where you take one step very slightly away from that and it's the robot guard dogs that are guarding the uh the warehouse because that's a menial task guarding a warehouse that sees very little human interaction yes uh so long as we don't make it like robocop where he you know you have 10 seconds to comply whoa calm down here (laughs) (laughs) i didn't hear him say drop the gun you know or whatever so so i think um I would I wouldn't mind robot mall cops where they can't shoot you. They can call the regular cops, you know, but not not like a fully armed attack dog where it's going to like rip your leg off. I just want like Wally to roll up and go, you know, you're unauthorized to be here, you know, or whatever. And then call it good. See, I got to keep it menial. I don't want Sky. The definition of menial is a moving target. And as we advance as a society, menial becomes bigger and bigger. Do you know what what this year is the 20th anniversary of cinema-wise? The um, Matrix. The Matrix, that's right. That blows my mind, because that was such a revolutionary movie back then, and now it's 20 friggin' years old. I've actually watched the first two within the last three weeks um, as part of my recovery, and they actually hold up really well. I really didn't like anything after the first one, but I digress. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I got pissed because I forgot the second one was to be continued or oh. to be concluded, I think is what they said at the end. But there you go. All right, Bob, we're talking about movies. We must we must be done here. So uh, any anything else we need to put a bow on? Uh, I think the only thing we got to do is bring the lightning. <laughs>